Lebel to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to jump him hard to the ice. Brady Lebel just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 40. I'm Brady Liebold. Thank you for watching. If you're joining us live, if you're listening after the fact, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you guys know it's everywhere. Thank you so much. It's been an exciting week. Uh, last episode, I announced that next spring, I am going to be, in fact, rollerblading across Canada to not only raise awareness, but money as well for puck support and probably a couple other great organizations uh, for mental health and addiction in our great sport of hockey. Uh, it's, uh, you know what, a lot of people, you know, we all love hockey. We all love the positive stories of hockey. I show this picture to you guys all the time. Everybody in that picture, we've lost tragically to either suicide-related deaths, 
or overdose. And, uh, you know, my former coach is in there, former roommate in the American Hockey League. These are my friends. These are former teammates. And uh, you know what? It's I'm just sick of seeing the headlines. And there was another one this week, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But I am going to go across Canada, and I'm going to continue on even after that journey. I will not stop until I take my last breath. I'm going to continue doing everything I can, bringing people together so that we can finally make a change. We can finally find a way to support those who need it and educate those coming up through hockey, right at the youngest age. Players, coaches, parents, we all need more education. Uh, it's not easy. You know what? It's, it's just called life. And uh, hockey is such a small community, but a great community. And the support that I've received in this last year has been just absolutely overwhelming. And I'm just so thankful. Uh, I feel very lucky that I'm here. I feel very lucky that I'm alive. And uh, I just can't extend to you guys how, how grateful I really am. I, I know I say it all the time, but man, I was having a hard time there uh, a couple weeks ago, last week. And you know what? I made it through it. I'm a fighter. You guys know that. I'm not going to stop. And if you're struggling, I hope you don't stop either. Don't quit on yourselves. Let's all get together. It's okay to be not okay, guys. Uh, I want to give a special shout-out to Randy from Hemi Hockey. He was up here today. Got to meet him and see his big lifted truck. Thank you, Randy. We hooked him up with some puck support swag. If you want your own puck support swag, go to pucksupport.com. Use promo code NEVERFORGET. That's going to get you 10% off, guys. Thank you, Randy. It's always great when I can meet people that have been following my journey in this past year. We had to do the social distancing, a little elbow bump from afar, uh, but maybe one day I'll be able to actually shake his hand. But thank you, Randy. Uh, before I go any further, though, guys, I have to get to something that I, you know what, I don't, I don't enjoy doing. But this is part of what I'm doing, and it's just, you know, I made a commitment to share the stories of those we've lost, and unfortunately, it just seems to never end. And uh, the other day, if you can see behind me, as you guys know, every episode, I have a new picture of one of those individuals that we've lost behind me. And, uh, you know, I was able to connect with Jay McCauley uh, about... I don't know, two, three months ago when he shared his story about how he was sexually abused by Graham James while playing for the Swift Current Broncos and his bravery, his courage to share his story. Man, I can't imagine, you know, it, uh, I believe his story is going to help a lot of people. But Jay tragically lost his life to an overdose this past week. So I want to take a moment just to remember Jay McCauley. Uh, I want to get some more details about the story and try to connect with his family. But I felt that I needed to honor Jay McCauley. So in this episode, is in memory of Jay McCauley. We're never going to forget him. And my heart goes out to the entire McCauley family and all of his friends. I'm going to do everything I can. Everybody at Puck Support is going to do everything they can to make sure that he's not forgotten, but we're thinking about you, Jay. And uh, I know you're up there with, with the rest of hockey's angels looking down at us, you know, helping us, guiding me for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to utilize all these stories to make change in the world. So my heart goes out to Jay McCauley's family and friends. 
And while I'm on the topic, I just want to give a very special shout out to the entire town of Dunville, Ontario, the hometown of Daniel Miner, uh, who we shared the story uh, a couple episodes ago. He too lost his battle with overdose, former Barry Colt. And it seems everybody in Dunville has ordered something from the Puck Support website. We have several packages going out tomorrow and uh, kept me busy over these last two or three days. And, you know, it just... Uh, Thank you for your support. And once again, my heart goes out to everybody in Dunville and especially Haley Miner and, and the entire Miner family. So just know that I'm always thinking about you guys and your support is something that I appreciate so much. And we're going to continue to use these stories to make change uh, in the hockey community. We'll see you guys in, a, in about a minute. I just want to get to a sponsor. Here's Team Issued. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leopold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise, everybody at Team Issued out there in Manitoba. Thank you for your support. Make sure you guys check out teamissued.ca. Use promo code TOEDRAG15. It's going to get you 15% off. And make sure you follow them on social media at Team Issued everywhere, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Thank you, Jesse. Okay, you guys know how this goes. We're going to get to the intro of my guest. It's a little different look. This time around, but we'll see you guys in about three and a half minutes with Bobo Carton Bay. I'm really excited about tonight's podcast. It's going to be a little bit of a different look and a different sound. If there's one thing that Hockey to Hell and Back has been lacking, it's a female presence. Until now, there's only been three females on my show. The great Barbara Williams... Jacqueline Hawkins, and my friend Danny Probert. And tonight, I get to add number four to that list. Bulbul Carton Bay was born July 30th, 1993 in Kazakhstan. She grew up playing many sports, including soccer and boxing, but her passion was always hockey. She first made an appearance for her country at only 16 years old and she later would captain the Kazakhstan national team. She caught the eyes of the scouts, and in 2017, she was drafted 15th overall by the Boston Blades. Though she never suited up for the Blades, she moved on to play for the Calgary Inferno, and from there, she would make history, becoming the first Kazakhstan-born player to play in the National Women's Hockey League. Moving to the United States was not an easy task. Not only was it a huge culture shock, but she would also be sidelined due to her visa being delayed. And once all that was sorted out, Bubble Carton Bay was in a car accident where she suffered a concussion. And this happened just as she felt she was hitting her stride. She did find a way to fight back. She was in the best shape of her life before COVID-19 hit. But back in June of 2020, She was named one of the head coaches for the Princeton Tiger Lilies, where she serves as the head coach for the U14 program based out of New Jersey. 
and fast forward to September, it was announced that Bobo Carton Bay was joining the New Hampshire section of the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Just like the rest of us, her life is pretty much in a standstill due to COVID-19. Right now, she's currently in Kazakhstan. And though Bulbul is an amazing athlete, it's really her work off the ice that has garnered my attention and the attention of so many others. She goes above and beyond to support young hockey players through the Carton Bay Foundation, helping them purchase equipment and get access to specialized camps, clinics, and high-level coaching. On top of that, she is also the founder of the International Female Hockey Camp that will open its doors to young athletes from around the world this summer, COVID pending. And away from the rink, she owns her own bakery that sells gluten and sugar-free cookies to support a healthy lifestyle. Bobo Carton Bay is an indeed a notable athlete and a wonderful woman who is trying to change the world for the better. In my opinion, the hockey community has collectively done a much better job surrounding women's and girls hockey, but it's individuals like Bulbul that really make a difference, that stand up, speak out, and give these women and girls incredible opportunities and support. I'm really interested to see where her love from hockey came from and how she dealt with all the ups and downs of moving away from home, facing a new language, a new culture, and how she continues to persevere. You guys know me, I'll just continue to talk and talk. So without further ado, all the way from Kazakhstan, it is my privilege and honor to introduce to you guys, Bulbul Carton Bay. What's going on, Bulbul? How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for doing this. I know it's, uh, it's very early there, isn't it? It's all good. <laughs> What time is it there? It's like 7 a.m. 7 a.m. You're in the future. You're coming from the future. It's only uh, it's nine it's 9 p.m. here. So thanks for getting out of bed uh, and doing this. And uh, first off, before we get going, thanks for all that you're doing in, in the woman woman's game. I mean, I want to hear uh, you know all the way over there in Kazakhstan. How did you start playing hockey? Where did your love for hockey come from? So first of all, thank you for having me in your great podcast. Uh, and I really support everything what you do because mental health is really first thing what you have to have as an athlete. Yes. Uh, so I started play hockey when I was 13. So it's really late. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because I'm coaching girls in Princeton. They are 13, 14, and they already have experience like six years played hockey. So I know it's late, but... I just started it. <laughs> wow. And and so where did where did the inspiration come from? You're playing soccer. I know you did some boxing. Uh, why the love for hockey? Who showed you hockey and, and how did that come about, Bobo? So if be honest, uh, I was born in the small, small town, like village, and there wasn't any um, group session for girls. There was boxing, wrestling. I tried myself because I was love play sport. Uh, from my childhood, I was always like um, pay attention that uh, I want to be an athlete. You know, I was want medals and cup and everything like this. And then we moved to the big city. I started play uh, woman in women's soccer club. 
and uh, I wasn't able to combine it in with school soccer with school because it was like uh, I don't know it was uncomfortable and then my parents found for me a sports school so okay. I went there and they said hey we have a we don't have female soccer team we have female hockey team and you know <laughs> my parents they are really traditional Kazakh family they was like what what is it hockey okay she can try <laughs> so like this i met hockey and i tried myself on ice i started love it i started uh, uh, studying this sports school combine it with hockey i met lots of athletes so that's how i started playing hockey <laughs> wow that's an incredible story and good for you for taking on hockey at 13 years old and not only starting to play but you hit such an elite level and you continue to play so kudos to you that just goes to show how great of an athlete you really are and i you know i think you know it's it's kind of hard that you, when you start playing hockey, did you ever have any uh, feelings where, you know, you were trying to skate and you were like, Hey, you know what? This might be too hard. Like, or were you kind of a natural? Yeah. Well, um, uh, the f first, the first like a uh, couple months, they just gave me skates helmet <laughs> and said, if you can skate, you can start. Like you can start being team. So I was try so hard because I was want to play, and then everything started to go good for me. That's amazing. And so, thirteen years old, you start to play hockey. At sixteen or seventeen, you're representing your country uh, on the world stage. So that's pretty incredible. When you first started to play hockey, did you ever expect to play for Team Kazakhstan just three or four years later? No, to be honest, I didn't because I thought I'm really uh, not that much experienced because there was girl who plays, who play like five, six, ten years. So I was like, maybe I don't have a chance. I, but I just played. I was so much passionate about it. And I played with boys. Uh, I was uh, always like uh, outside. I think that's why I had the... Uh, much skills and I was grow so fast on the hockey. What was there a one player in particular that maybe you watched that you learned from? Uh, did you use things like YouTube? Uh, is there was there an NHL player or a female hockey player that you really looked up to? Is there one that you can name? So uh, I can tell you when I was uh, seventeen or eighteen. I was watch how play Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> That's why I took his number. That's right. But, uh, but I, when I was young, like twelve and thirteen, uh, I didn't uh, had a computer. I didn't had a YouTube. I was just play. And there's uh, was one player and woman national team of Kazakhstan, and she was you know she was older than everyone. And she was like skinny, but when she played, she did great. So I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so probably she inspired me a lot as a hockey player also. That's a great answer. And that's so cool. And so, uh, 
what about the the transition? And so I want to get into this. And so I saw, I read somewhere that you, in fact, were sending videos of your puck skills, which I saw, by the way, which is pretty impressive. You're you're probably better than me at uh, some of these these hockey tricks, and uh, you look a lot better doing it than I do too. So uh, how how did you uh, make the jump from Kazakhstan to North America? You were drafted by the Boston Blades. How how did that come about, and, and how exciting was that for you? Because you were the first, and then you were the first female to really play you know professional hockey from Kazakhstan thank you so that's a great question and uh, I love this story I would like to share about it for uh, a reason um, well when we went to world championship first time in my life like it was in Slovakia I was like 17 years old I was first time outside of country. I was like, oh my God, he's a whole different world in front of me. So I saw the different teams uh, and I was like Switzerland team. And I thought about, I, I, I was so like, should I try to play to different club in different country? And then uh, in 2015, where when NHL, like and WHL was open, we will just sit in locker room with, with my teammates and just we was just laughing like, hey, can you believe like, could you imagine if you will play there? And we was just, oh, there's no choice, there's no chance. And uh, uh, from 2017, when I uh, when I met Sammy Joe Small, okay, from Canada, yeah. He told me like you can try but i don't know <laughs> so i started like it was a dream and then i put it as a goal and i write a plan what i have to do step by step and then i start to do it and uh, i'm i was drafted by boston blades yes but i wasn't able to play <laughs> in 2017. Yeah, but you went on to play for the Calgary Inferno and you did very, very well. And uh, from there, then you made the jump uh, over to Metropolitan, the Riveters. And, uh, you know, you ran into uh, uh, some some struggles there with concussion and, and visa problems, but you were, you know, able to persevere. But I want to ask you, just back it up for a second. So when you first came over... What was the biggest challenge, uh, the culture, the language? Um, and, and I have another question is, how were the girls um, with you bringing you in? And did you feel part of the team right away? Was it, was it, a, was it good for you or, or was it hard? Was there trying times where you were literally crying, calling, wanting to go and be homesick? And the reason why I ask is because when I moved away from, for junior hockey at 16, that's what happened to me. I mean, I, I was going through homesickness and, and I was only still in Canada. So I can't imagine having to go to a whole nother continent with a whole nother language. So I, I'd be interested to see, like here, you know, the hurdles that you had to overcome. Yeah. Uh, so I can tell like that uh, first two weeks, I felt uh, great because I was busy. I was like, uh, take a look around me there's whole different world big highways tracks you know the um uh, like uh, big drips a uh, drip yeah. for drip cars yeah. the police guys i was like i saw you guys in movie you know <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yes yeah, other language uh and um 
I don't know. So first week was okay. But then I had a really hard time, three months, because uh, I wasn't uh, know English that much. And the second uh, thing is, like, I, I'm, a, I, I'm a girl, so I was that much far away from my home. And I was really miss everyone in my life, my family, uh, my friends. But I was know that it's all temporary and it's everything come like have a reason. I'm going like more mature. I'm going more smart. I'm uh, growing. But uh, yeah, it was really hard for me. Uh, well, so girls in the team, uh, they was actually pretty nice. They was welcoming me always and always ask me, did you understand? <laughs> did you understand? I was like, no. <laughs> so yeah, something like that. <laughs> wow. And, you know, before I go any further, let me just say like your English is great. And thank you for coming on here because there's obviously that barrier and you you've come a long way. We're talking that's, you know, not that long ago uh, when they were asking you, do you understand? And, and now we sit here a few years later and your English is great. And, and uh, that's, you know, I, I can't like English. Was it really hard to learn? Is it a hard language? I heard it's a, it's terribly hard to learn. Well, I don't know. I speak on three languages. Uh, first is the Kazakh, my native language. Second is Russian and third is English. So I don't like uh, to go to school and sit and learn and write and do all these paperwork. So I've learned English in Canada and I'm really thankful that I had this time. It was wonderful time and now I can talk and understand people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great. And uh, it's such a it's such a great tool, you know, moving forward with so many things that you're up to now, uh, trying to connect uh, women and girls in hockey. And I just I want to get into that. And it's just it's amazing. And, uh, you know, it's kudos to a lot of women out there and collectively the hockey community as a whole. Like we've kind of woken up uh, to really realize the, the amount of skill uh, that these women have and, and even these girls coming up. And sadly, I, I believe it's taken too long for people to really give it the attention that it deserves. But I've noticed I've been following you for, for the last few months and, and you're out there uh, really promoting women's hockey and, and uh, making a difference. Uh, are, how is the, the girls' hockey, the women's hockey in Kazakhstan, how has it progressed from the time you started until now, has it grown? Uh, and yes and no. <laughs> so we still have uh, uh, not much opportunity to uh, give a girl more future. I mean, we have only like five teams. We have two school teams and two professional teams and one amateur team. But the thing is, uh, the women's hockey is really not popular here. And I don't know why government not believing on this sport. But the thing is, I'm right now, uh, right now, I'm in, I'm living in capital city of Kazakhstan and I'm working on creating a hockey girls association. And uh, I want to open group so girls all age, they can just come and try themselves. 
That's amazing. And so you, I've read somewhere too that you're really trying to bring girls from all over the entire world together uh, to really, you know, open doors for them. And obviously with COVID happening and that, it, it's made it a challenge. Uh, but I assume you have some big plans and the plan was for this summer for to have the first one. Am I right? Yeah. So the first one will be in Czech Republic this July, like middle of July uh and i i hope like we will have lots of girls because i already invited girls from different country <laughs> that's amazing and i'm sure you're going to get a great turnout um i know you're in kazakhstan but you've also um you are you, have, you know technically the head coach for the princeton tiger lilies are you still are you still the head coach for for the tiger lilies and and what's going on with that situation so the thing is, uh, I left I left USA because of documents issues still, and then this COVID and everything so slow, you know, as usually. Uh, so this season, I was work with girls uh, with Zoom. Okay. But, uh, so for the next season, they still offering me uh, the same position, and uh, which I'm grateful because. You know, not all communities will wait for a coach and will tell you, hey, maybe next year you will be able to be here and coach our girls. So I'm really thankful and uh, I would like to continue my uh, path as a coach with Princeton. Well, and I wish you all the luck. And, and that obviously, you know what, if they're willing to to wait on that, they've obviously seen something in you. And uh, it goes back to some more of the research that I've done, Bobo, is that, you know, you had to go through interviews, uh, the process for that. It's not like it was just handed to you. You, you know, you were, you know, went through interviews and, and they, they chose you uh, for a reason. So it must feel good that they believe in you. And uh, what what's it like um, for, for your experience uh, being a coach versus being a player? Is there one, do you prefer to coach or do you prefer to still play? For right now and for next uh, maybe three, four years, obviously I prefer play hockey because uh, I'm like um, 27. <laughs> so <laughs> when I will be uh, like 35, 33, I think I will stop to play and will try to help other young girls. And um, also, to be honest, right now, I have an opportunity to coach Kazakhstan national junior team, but I think I'm not ready yet. <laughs> Wow. Well, you know what? I That's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, don't sell yourself short. You know, I, I believe that, you know, if you really were to take that on, I, I believe you'd do great. Uh, having said that, if they're looking at you for that opportunity already, give it a couple of years and that opportunity will likely still be there. And the other thing I want to say is you said 33. Are you saying 33 is old? Because that's how old I am. Well, for women's hockey, I mean, I'm just, bugging, I'm just bugging you. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> so, where where does where does your playing career take you? Let's say, hypothetically speaking, um, COVID is over and the hockey season's going to begin. Where is Bobo Carton Bay going to play? What's the what's the uh, plan? Uh, I would like to uh, get back to USA and play in New Hampshire. That's my plan and. If hopefully if everything will be all right, 
so i'll be in usa in uh, the beginning of season like in september or in the end of september well and i really hope that that, that works out for for you and the entire league because i know there's a lot of people that are kind of you know sitting around waiting for that opportunity to come and um you know it's exciting because finally it seems that you know, there's uh, a lot more money being, you know, pushed into women's hockey, more media coverage, uh, and the opportunities seem like they've uh, really escalated, and which is great for you guys. But you've kind of created your own, you know, opportunities through through different things. But before we get to that, I, I really need to ask you about this bakery that you have. Is this your is this your like nine to five job, or is this something that is on the side? Tell us a little bit about your bakery. So it's my hobby and uh, I started doing it in 2016. One day I just woke up and asked myself, like, do I want to play hockey and uh, like uh, all the free time, what I have in a day, just to waste it for nothing? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I already have ice practice and workout, but what I'm doing rest of the day, nothing. Like, you know, I'm just sitting and watching TV or hanging out with my friends. And then I started to learn that uh, that I want to do something, do business or something like this. And I <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I choose to do a cookies, like fortune cookies, cookies okay. with image and logo on it. And uh, everything went well, actually, because uh, I was, um, we was uh, practicing at the KHL arena uh, for Boris KHL team. And uh, I was, I went to people and I said, hey, like, uh, I am captain of the female hockey team and I have this small business. Can you help me? I want to stay on the games. Like, and tell my cookies, please help. <laughs> I'm girl, I'm young, I, I need opportunity, help me. And there's like, they didn't have choice. <laughs> and then it started to grow because on the KHL games, like lots of people coming in and my mom actually um, get out from her job because she was need to help me. And right now she running all this small business. Wow, really? It's taken off, eh? Good for you. That's amazing. And uh, isn't it nice to have a, have some have parents have a mom that can kind of fill in? Your mom left her job to take over yeah. your business. Wow, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. So that's amazing. I want to talk to you too. You do some modeling. Is this correct? Yeah, I'm uh, trying to because you know we all play sport, and sometimes we forgot to do something for ourselves because we are still women and we have to walk beautiful, say hi, beautiful, you know, all this stuff. Well, well, that's great. And I mean, I think, you know, you, you say that you had all this extra time and that's why you started the bakery. And this is something that, you know, I haven't talked a lot about, but something that I've thought a lot about is that, you know, with the stuff that I'm doing through Puck Sport, even my time, I think about my time when I played hockey, even junior hockey, the amount of time that I wasted playing video games or just doing mindless things uh, that really could have been, you know, useful to my future. Uh, and I, you know, I think it's a really good lesson there uh, for anybody listening or watching, uh, especially if you're a player, to realize how much free time we really do have as hockey players. Uh, and, you know, I think the majority, at least in my experience, 
look at that as being like, oh, yes, I have freedom. I don't have to do anything else but play hockey. But eventually, you know, you know, the time's going to come where they're going to be like, hey, you can't play hockey anymore. And if you don't have something lined up, uh, it can be extremely difficult to try to find your way. And I found that out firsthand and I've heard countless stories of the same. So uh, good for you that you took the initiative uh, to, you know, get out there and, and obviously start a start a baking business. That's that's incredible. But I want to know a little bit about your foundation. So I read somewhere too, Bobo, that you have a foundation that, you know, you help, you want to help, you know, get uh, athletes equipment and, and high level coaching. Is that, is that tied into uh, the Carton Bay foundation? Is, is that sort of the same as the, uh, the thing that you're doing this summer in the Czech Republic? Uh, no, not yet. Like uh, I am going to it, but um, uh, not yet. So before I will start to tell about like foundation, I would like to tell a little bit about uh, culture or I don't know about women in Kazakhstan. Like why I started to do different things besides hockey because you know like uh, uh, it's a Kazakhstan and um, there's always people think like if you are woman you don't have a choice like you have to uh, and uh, like uh, graduate your school you have to get uh, go to the university uh, uh, get to study and you have to get married and uh, like have a couple babies and sit at home and help your husband you know oh this is really like big deal for women in Kazakhstan and I said, no, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want it yet. Like, I would like, I, obviously, I was like, I will get married. Like, but not right now. I have my goals. I want to travel all around the world. And so I think that's why I did it. Like, uh, because all my path, like, from beginning, my family always told me, like, no, you have to quit. You have to quit like sport will give you like will not giving you anything good like go away and don't play sport you know all this time so I had it in my head so that's why I started do my business or do anything so something besides sport that's why I did it well I, I think you know what that's a very important lesson and uh you know there's you know just to notice you know, to know yourself well enough, um, you know, to have these these goals and the visions of the things that you want in life and to know that you can actually go after them and achieve them. Um, was it always kind of this way for you? Um, or is this something that you had to work towards to to really start to believe in yourself and to and to really know what you wanted to go after? Did you ever have like, you know, a time where you thought about quitting hockey? Or was it always like, you know what, I'm just this is what I want to do and no one's going to stop me. So uh, it was, everything was all right until I was finished school uh, when I was 17. And then I finished my school, like sports school, there's no hockey. And uh, I was uh, practice with uh, national team. And then if be honest, I was quit hockey for two years because my family told me like no you have to get 
go to college we will pay for it go and uh, do your stuff so i i, I was tried really hard <laughs> i uh, quit hockey i went to college i did my best and then after one year of doing that i just understand like that's not what i want like this is not life like this is not great life how i want to live like i like to travel i like this emotion from sport i like these actions i love hockey i am passionate so the only my mother she supported me and she's like hey if you want to do it do it but don't tell anyone <laughs> play hockey again you know <laughs> and then they open it up one more team in capital uh, city like Boris KHL female team so i went there and i started play hockey again when i was 20 years old wow yeah. That's, that's amazing. And so how at what time at what point in time were you named captain uh, of the team there? Because that, that must have been a pretty cool experience. Yeah. So uh, the first year we opened it up, this team, uh, I just joined. We played and the end of first our season, the girls uh, did a meeting, big meeting with uh, coaches and general manager and they said hey we want a bulbul one be a, uh, be a captain because we believe in her she's like our role model i was like whoa <laughs> no so i started next season or second our season i started be a captain wow that's amazing it's a big responsibility but it obviously you know what when you when it's coming from within from the players themselves from your teammates then you know like what can anybody else say it's that those are the girls that's the team and they know who their leader is who they want to lead the charge so that must have felt pretty amazing i mean and especially to come back uh, after not playing for you know for those couple years so that must have felt great and i really appreciate you sharing those stories with us because you know whether you're a female or you're a male there's a very valuable lesson there you know i think there's so many people um that just coast through their lives uh you know not following through with what's really true in their heart and then you what you get is people looking back with resentments and anger and and you know regret and it it seems like you know what you're not you're not settling and it's it's an admirable quality you know i've i've been guilty of you know, settling and, and not, you know, going after the things that I wanted right for my first year pro. So I really hope that anybody watching or listening, regardless of your sex, male or female, uh, to really stop and think about that for a second, uh, because you know what, you continue to go after your goals, no matter what. And, uh, it's always nice when your mom is supporting you, whether she tells you to tell people or not, that's, that's another thing. But um, that's just incredible. And I, I just, I can't tell you enough how much I admire that. And uh, then again, that's why you were named captain and, uh, and and why you're so, you're you're pretty dominant in the female hockey industry these days, at least from my, you know, from what I see. And a lot of people look up to you. So, uh, you know, what's next? Like, what are you up to these days? What do your days look like? Are you currently training still? um how often what does that look like um or are you taking some time off okay uh thank you so much for these words i really appreciate that and uh 
So right now, uh, how you guys know, I had car accident and then I was recovered all this time. And from December uh, 2020, I started to work on my physical uh, stuff. And right now I feel great. I can lift like 220 pounds and I can run, I can play contact, like I feel great. And um, it was hard because uh, you have to go little by little after like concussion uh, because you cannot like run fast as you can and then just you know as usually because when i started to do it uh how to say how i do usually lift and buy bike all the stuff i started to feel uh how to say dizziness yeah 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 and black out on my eyes and then my coach said like not my coach but my doctor said hey you have to go slow but you have to go like you have to push yourself little by little so right now i feel great i'm still uh playing hockey like uh, late night hockey two or three times in a week uh, i'm trying to coach and um uh, so from January, I had a three days camp for little kids in January. And then I had a charity hockey tournament uh, in March 8th, dedicated for International Women's Day. Uh, so I was hope, like, hopefully we'll have six teams. And you know, we had 16 teams. Wow. <laughs> tournament yeah i was surprised because like whoa look at this i did it actually for girls but um we had uh, like two teams like two girls teams and like 14 boys teams and then like everything went well i had people who uh, helped me uh and then 50 percent of um how to say so i had a money rise or yeah. how yeah no yeah so, yeah and the champion of this uh, tournament they had 50 percent and 50 percent of money i sent for a hockey player who right now he's really sick and uh, we're trying to help him wow. and after that uh there is uh, was like 12 girls they parents uh invite me for a meeting and i said bobo please uh we are looking at you help us help our girls to give them future like if you can open club open club if you can open team open team but i said yes okay i will do that because i remember myself but the issues started from beginning like government don't want to give uh, enough financial stuff or give free ice time so right now i am working on creating my own hockey school or hockey association so i will do group and i will do it everything by myself well let me be i don't know if i'm the first to say but just another one to say that you keep doing that you keep pushing and pushing those walls over and knocking those doors down because eventually the government i believe will wake up and it's going to be you 
um, that's you know going to be sitting at the on on the podium, so to speak, with people looking at you, being like, "Wow, you know what? Thank you so much." There's going to be girls who are really young right now that have are going to have such a future in hockey because of the work that you're doing. And I, I, you know, maybe you can kind of see it a little bit already, but um, you know, I. <sighs> The type of work that you're doing, your personality, everything that you've done is, is going to have such a significant impact in, in the lives of so many young girls over there. And it seems like it's already happening. So that's pretty amazing. And you know what? I, I'm here and it doesn't seem like you're the type of person to ever get discouraged or quit. It seems like you're a fighter and and there's no doubt about that. But just know um, that when times do get tough or you know when people say no to you, just keep fighting because eventually they're going to have to say yes. And you know what it, because if you don't do it and you don't keep doing it, who else will? Yeah, you're right. To be honest, you're right. We have to do it for like, if we didn't have it, we have to try to create something, uh, some opportunity for our uh, younger generation. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And, and it's going to be you that, you know, is people are going to be looking to for, for years. I believe you'll be celebrated in your country for all the hard work that you're doing. And uh, it's interesting because it all comes back to hockey and just the love for hockey, right? It's such a beautiful sport. And, uh, you know, you got a late start 13 and uh, just it's just incredible. If you think back to 13 year old Bull Bull Carton Bay, they're starting hockey that could barely skate and you fast forward 13, 14 years. Uh, and now essentially you're a pioneer, uh, for the game of hockey. And it's a, it's a very, very cool story. And, um, there's so much, uh, to take away from, from, from all of it, you know, and, and I say it again, whether you're a female or a male, you, you've inspired me, uh, quite a bit because of, you know, the stuff that I'm doing and, uh, your attitude towards everything is something that uh, I need more of. And I think that the the world definitely needs a whole lot more of. And so uh, we're going to get to a couple comments. I know there's a few people commenting in about how incredible the work you're doing. Kind of just, you know, I'm, you know, just saying what they're saying too. Uh, so let's do, let's do that here for a second. Uh Yes, Will McIntyre, a friend of mine, says Sammy Joe Small is fantastic. Brady read her book. She did just come out with a book recently. Sammy Joe Small was also on the Rosen Report for my listeners, for my watchers. Check out Paul Rosen show, the Rosen Report. It's Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I think Saturdays at four o'clock on the Gooch Live Network. Great show. So make sure you support Paul Rosen. Um, Jack Mc McNamara says ice hockey is a universal language that goes back to when we were talking about your your english and all that so it's pretty cool uh will magna this is amazing that is amazing great chance to try the game love this uh going back to when you were a kid there Stuart smith great friend of mine this is amazing to hear great work bobo on growing the women's game around the world um just amazing yeah it's yeah Ice hockey equals love. Uh, Dean Smeal watching. Dean Smeal, a friend of mine out in St. Paul, Alberta. Hello to Dean and the entire Smeal family. I know uh, you guys are rocking your puck support gear, which I appreciate. And uh, I have the Canuck game on right now. Dean's, uh, Dean's brother is the senior advisor for the Vancouver Canucks. He's like the big chief for the Vancouver Canucks out in Vancouver. So I can't. Oh, it looks like the Vancouver Canucks won in overtime. Way to go, Canucks. That's where I'm from originally is from Vancouver. So uh, also amazing woman. I'll 
I will uh, echo those words as well. And uh, my friend Michelle says, truly amazing woman. Thank you for sharing your story and all you do for young women in hockey. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's people, you are making a difference, a a real difference. And I just, I, I know that sometimes it can probably be trying. Do you ever feel like, do you ever get like, to the point where it's like, is this all worth it? Am I making a difference? Like, do you question yourself ever um, and and feel like giving up in, in any of this at any time? Because I sometimes do. So uh, I had these feelings uh, this last year. I mean, when I was in NWHL uh, after car concussion, I yeah. thought like I was really in the deep depression because I wasn't able to skate, I wasn't able to go to gym, I wasn't able to sit on that light. I had uh, glasses, uh, like headphones, because everything was loud and everything was so bad. And I was just, I asked myself like, do I wanna stop here? Because I I thought that is the end of road, to be honest. And uh, I had this feeling for, for two months. I was just eat and sleep and do didn't do anything because I wasn't I wasn't able. So I can tell in that moment, moment I thought like I I will quit. Well, I'm so glad that you didn't. And so uh, let me ask you about concussions. Do, do you see a lot of concussions in women's hockey? Is that something that happens a lot? Because I heard that it's uh, it's quite frequent uh, in the game of women's hockey. Is it something that you see a lot of? Yeah, if be honest, we have uh, lots of concussion. I mean, uh, I had my first concussion in 2015, like uh, like uh, during the game, and then I start. I had second concussion on the World Championship, and uh, the thing is, uh, because of my concussion, I started uh, lost my vision. That's why I wear eye contacts and. Uh, so the last one was really hor- horrible but i can tell that yes we have actually lots of not great stuff on the game yeah well i heard that i i heard that you know i heard a st- statistic somewhere that there's the national football league like the nfl and then underneath the nfl for number two on the list is women's hockey for concussions the most concussions suffered and um that's you know another question i'd like to ask you would you like to see women's hockey full contact yeah (laughs) for sure do you think we'll ever get there um i think we will because you know um Pretty much when I was in Calgary, there was Canadian Women's Hockey League, and there I first time, uh, I don't know, I first time went, met girls who play full body contact and they play as a boys. And it's really challenging and I love it. I was like, yeah, you want to touch me? I want to touch you too, you know? <laughs> so something like this. You want to play? I want to play too. Something like this. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Who's your favorite NHL team? Do you have a favorite? Well, uh, I have a favorite, I can tell, like uh, players. I like Vegas Golden Knights, but... Okay. I'm not much watching NHL because I'm busy with stuff, 
yeah. but also I have a couple players who I like to watch is like uh, Artemi Panarin. He yes. plays for Rangers. You know, I like him not because of only uh, for a game. I like him because people in Russia really didn't believe to him when he was uh, started his path in NHL, and he did great. And uh, I really admire him as a, you know, you have to be me strong mentally to breaking your country barriers, breaking your barriers in your head and play. So that's why I love him. And also right now I'm watching to Minnesota Wild because of uh, Kaprizov. He doing yeah. Yes, he's going to get rookie of the year for sure. He's uh he's a phenomenal talent, isn't he? He's uh he scored a beautiful goal last night. Yeah, he's uh he's something else. So that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Uh what was I was going to ask you something and then I totally forgot because we were talking about Kaprizov there and uh, <laughs> go those words because I I watch him and I'm like, "Wow, you know, he took a little bit extra time to get to the NHL where he could have went and played like 3 or 4 years ago." But he, you know, yeah. he stayed in the KHL, right? And uh, is that something that you take a lot of? Do you watch a lot of KHL hockey out there? Is that something that's big? Like, what's the? So, uh, if be honest, uh, I don't like watch hockey through the computer or TV screen. I like uh, watch it like on the ice rink. I, I love it, but uh, uh, sometimes I don't have much time. Yeah, uh, because I really want to work. But uh, I actually, you know, so I can tell bit uh, stuff like uh, in KHL, in Kazakhstan, it's a little bit different, uh, how would say. There is uh, less people and l less emotions. Like you, ha we have it, but I felt different when I went to Canada and I was watch NHL. It was something crazy, you know? It was something unbelievable. People are really crazy. I was like, what? What's going on? Yeah, it's in our blood here. It's everything. And you know, it, back in 2011, uh, the Boston Bruins beat the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup final. And I was down there. Our whole city, got there was a riot. It got set on fire. People were lighting cars on fire because we lost. And it was like, holy, it's just a game, right? But people, it, it's it's a way of life out here. And, you know, it's uh, it actually it comes to a question. Like, at what point in time did you know that you wanted to come to North America? Was that was that a goal from an early age? Or, like, when when did you really start to believe that, hey, you know what? I can actually go to North America to play hockey. I know you told the story about sitting around with your teammates laughing and saying, hey, wouldn't that be something? Ah, ha, ha, it will never happen. But at what point in time did you actually start to believe in yourself? And on top of that, what is there anything in particular that you do for your mental game uh, to keep your, you, you know, your mind strong? Is there anything that you do? So um, I started to think about North America since uh, 17 years old when I first time went to world championship. Like I was like, oh, it's a whole different world. Like I, I want to try. And then I started to research actually grants or stipends for athletes who want to play in college and play hockey. And uh, But at this time I was young and my family told me like, hey, like it's a dream. like. You know, like Cinderella, it's a dream. It's a 
joke like and uh, well now i'm i can say that it is dreams comes true uh, and about mental health so the if be honest i am always uh, looking back and then i'm telling myself like i did that much work are you sure you want to quit or give up right now after like everything what you did after you everything after everything what you had like all this competing stuff all this uh stuff with family that you fighting for your rights as a woman like i think this is really inspiring me because i if be honest uh, all idea of what i'm doing is for women's rights like that you have a choice to combine everything what you want you can have hockey and family and business and everything what you want in your life you can combine it but people think that if you are a woman you have to do just regular stuff and quit your sport that's why i want to give more opportunity for women uh, i think that's why i joined for pwhpa because they are fighting for women's equal for better salaries for better opportunities because if we doing it right now it will be better for our girls who is growing up yes and that's what i mean it it, it takes women like you to make a difference and um how many how many uh women or, or girls in kazakhstan are hoping to follow in your path do you get that a lot where where girls are like bubble i want to i want to go to north america like what was it like do they ask you all the time were they super excited for you and and is there a, quite a few girls that want to come over to north america as well so uh actually all girls asking me like what are we gonna do what we can do but uh, younger girls, uh, some of them like, oh my God, it's just dream. I'm so terrible for that. And I'm always keep telling them, no, you all have a chance. If you will do your best, you can do it. And I'm always trying to uh, create positive vibe for them and like uh, help them in their, um, how to say, confident. Because girls, when especially they are, 13 14 15 16 they are not confident and uh, i'm trying to create that confidence and tell them that uh, they can do it but yeah like lots of girls right now um uh, they are always keep asking me about everything they want to take a picture with me they want to <laughs> text about me so that's great i am uh, happy to help and share everything that i've done well, and that's great. And it must feel pretty good. And, uh, you know, you have quite the following on Instagram 30, you have like 35,000 followers. Did that, when did that all happen? Is that something that took a long time? Did you all of a sudden, did something click where all of a sudden people started to like follow? How did that come about? How do you go from zero to 35,000 and how long did it take? Uh, it was take uh, four years or five years. So I started from my video with a pack, do something, tricks, and people started following me all over the world. And then uh, one of my one of my friends he did a target, target advertising or target something I don't know. So people started to talk with me all over the world. And then when I signed 
first time for an NHL, they like I had a boom, like I had 10,000 or 15,000 people who followed me. I was like, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and then uh, the second I had, uh, when I became a head coach, I had more people who followed me, especially from Kazakhstan, because they always wonder like, hey, how you, Kazakh woman, going to USA and you're a head coach for American girls, you know? So I can tell like my achievements gave me something like, good followers in Instagram. Well, listen, you're, you're very, 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 very well deserving. Not only were you the first Kazakh professional hockey player in North America, you're also the first, you know, head coach of a team. So it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. And you're only 27 years old. So who knows what the future holds for you? Um, I believe it's very bright. I think, well, I think we'll wrap it up here, but where can people find out more about Bobo Carton Bay other than Instagram? How can, how can people get involved or, or learn more about what you're doing with the uh with the camp coming up in czech republic or you know moving forward if there's ever one in canada the united states uh so i have my website web page it's called cartonby.com and there is every, uh, all information there's about me my profile uh, my youtube channel and then uh, information about charity tournament because uh, the Hockey Federation accepted to do a charity tournament every year in March 8th because it's for International Women's Day. And I said, hey, I'm a hockey player and I'm a female hockey player. I want to run this tournament everywhere and I want to do it international. So right now, girls from Ukraine coming up, girls from Spain coming up. And I hope like I will do it really like bigger and international. And then... Um, I'm uh, on this web page. Uh, I put a page about uh, group session, uh, like about hockey session, what I'm creating, and all this information. So they can just go to cartonby.com and uh, learn more about me. Definitely. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to continue to follow you closely. And if there's, you know, when, if, and when you have anything going on, uh, please let me know so that I can, you know, not that you need my help. I just, I had to make a whole new Instagram account last month because somebody reported, I've told this story. This, this kid was getting bullied and picked on and I stuck up for the kid who was getting picked on and all these bullies, they reported my account saying I was doing something wrong and Instagram is some robot that runs Instagram. They don't even investigate it and uh, they kicked me off. So I lost my following, but I'm slowly building it back. It's a new account. So, um, but not that you need me, but please let me know uh, if there's anything I can do to help, how puck support can help because I, I'm going to continue to follow you and, and the ceiling, there is no ceiling for you. I mean, the sky is really the limit for you and uh, I expect that term tournament to be a huge international success and who knows maybe even uh you can maybe even have multiple tournaments across the world all on March. <laughs> like you know there's there's a lot that you can do there and i i wish you all the success in the world and continue to work hard uh follow your heart as you've always done just stay true to yourself because you're you're such a you're a beautiful soul with uh, unlimited potential bubble so thank you so much for doing this and anytime you want to come back and chat please let me know uh you're always welcome on hockey to hell and back Thank you so much, and uh, I want to thank you for uh, these words. And um, 
Uh, I would like to share this stream and podcast everywhere where I can because uh, I think the mental health and everything what you do and your story, people have to know and people have to think about it. Um, and yes, I wish you best of luck on your podcast. I wish you grow and be a first podcast in USA. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you so much, Bobo. We'll, uh, we'll be in touch here soon and keep doing your thing. And hey, thanks for getting out of bed so early. I appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye now. Awesome, guys. That's Bobo Carton Bay. Make sure you guys uh, follow her on Instagram. Go to cartonbay.com. Uh, unbelievable. You know, English is her second language. And you know what? I, I commend her for, for all that she's done. And we can all learn something from Bobo Carton Bay and uh, her mentality. So I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation. And you know what? She's going to change the world out there in Kazakhstan and beyond. So uh, Bobo, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for joining the show. Will McIntyre says she is fantastic. Yeah, she was great with such a great attitude and uh, especially any of the young women and girls out there, I would strongly suggest looking to her as a role model. There's uh, quite a few great ones out there, but she's right at the top of the list in my mind. Uh, before I go, I want, as I always say, before I go, um, I want to give a very, 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 very special thank you to James Gardner from First Star Therapy. For those of you that watch or listen to the show, you know at the end of the show, I leave you guys with First Star, First Star Therapy Performance Wellness. Uh, James and Matthew have been on my show. Uh, James is going to be very, very, very involved in this rollerblade across Canada. He's an athletic therapist. He wants to join me on the trip for as much as he can uh, and provide an athletic therapist no matter where I am traveling to on my journey. On top of that, he also introduced me to a friend of his who is now a friend of mine, the guy by the name of Clay Williams. There he is right there, okay? This guy is an ultra distance marathon runner and project coordinator okay so pretty crazy story so james and clay and i had a zoom meeting the other night to go over the logistics of this rollerblade across canada and what it's going to take and the training and we're going to continue to meet on a weekly basis probably even more than that down the stretch uh but clay he has uh, done quite a few marathons in his life uh, including one where he starts at the Port Severn Lock, which is not too far from me. And it starts here uh, and he ends up at the Rideau Canal in Ottawa. It's 780 kilometers roughly. Uh, he's done it for the last six years, I believe. And now he has transformed it to uh, a relay run, but it's to raise money and awareness for you know what, mental health. Clay's family has suffered a few tragedies uh, surrounding mental health and it's very near and dear to his heart and uh, he has vast experience not only running marathons, preparing for marathons, but also coordinating everything that it takes. So James, thank you for introducing me to Clay. Clay, thank you for extending your hand to mine and three of us are really going to make this come to light and i'm really 
really excited. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I know that my rollerblades are going to show up here um, in about two days. Don't remind me. Thank you to Susan Cook, who ordered me uh, Mars Blades chassis. We're going to get them on my Bauer rollerblades. Susan, you're upstairs. Thank you for that. It's such a, such a nice gift. Uh, that originally started uh, as something to help me with my mental health. It wasn't to uh, rollerblade across the country, and it kind of came about after that. Um, but back to Clay Williams. Get this, okay? Uh, he told me, he's like, hey, my marathon, the relay marathon that he's running throughout the locks here. There's uh, the, the canal locks here in Ontario. For those of you that don't know, check it out. Um, those of you that live here, you guys know full well what I'm talking about, I hope. Well, he said, hey, Brady, mark it on your calendar. August 21st is the day that my marathon relay starts at the Port Severn lock, not too far from here. Guess what day August 21st is? That's my birthday. I almost fell off my chair. Uh, and uh, just one of these things where you're like, hey, you know what? It's uh, in my mind, in my heart. I know that this is all happening um, from a, a greater power, something that's, you know, come into my life. People that have come into my life, which I'm so grateful for, but there's, there's a bigger purpose to it all. It's... Uh, it's pretty incredible. So August 21st, first, <laughs> August 21st, I'm still getting used to my teeth. When I talk a lot, I get spit built up in my mouth behind the bridge and it, it's hard to talk. But August 21st at 8 a.m., yours truly is going to be at the Port Severn Lock to help kick off this relay, uh, which will end at the Rideau Canal up there in Ottawa. So that's really exciting. You can you know, count me in, I'll be there and uh, I'll give you guys updates along the way. And it's just such a great cause. And I will, of course, keep you guys updated with uh, my training, my journey. And I want to say hello to Stuart Smith out there in Abbotsford, who uh, has, you know, been a great support for me since you know, connecting with him just over a month ago, maybe two months ago, Stuart, just know that uh, I'm sure grateful for your friendship. And I know you have some ideas on how you want to help. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to curb those for right now, but we're going to share them once we get the details ironed out. But just know um, that when it comes to anything with the fire department, I'm all in. I think it uh, is a great, great idea. So, um, Let's uh, let's continue to work on that. And, and please just know, Stuart, that uh, your friendship means a lot to me. So thank you. Um, and that goes for for quite a few people that, you know, I've met over this last year, supporters and friends, David Carlson being one of them, Will McIntyre. You guys are always here. Um, you know, Susan Cook has been, a, you know, a huge part uh in this journey and and don't know where she where i would be without her that's for sure where puck support would really be without her and um you know i know uh my life is still a little bit confusing with with my situation with my family and my living situation and and the kids and everything and uh it's really hard and uh, you know taylor's doing you know a great job with the kids and uh it's just it's not easy but these are the things that I believe will all work themselves out as long as I keep putting one foot in front of the other. And uh, another one of those things that I really hope works out is that I, you know, get reconnected with Brooklyn and Brody. And 
for those of you that saw or listened to the last episode, Brody was uh, watching and, and made a comment. Uh, I will, uh, I will continue to reach out and try, but I did not hear back from him. Uh, and I still haven't heard back from him, but I've found a way to get him a puck support hat and some clothing in Brooklyn as well. So uh, that's pretty cool. We're going to make sure that he gets outfitted with some puck support swag. Um, Dean Smeal also. Uh, thanks, man, uh, for for lending me your support over this last month and a bit as well. And I mean, the list goes on. I, I have a hard time naming people because I always feel like I'm leaving somebody out um, and just know that, you know, I'm just so... I'm just so lucky. I, I feel very, very lucky to be alive, to be in the position that I'm in, to have all the opportunities in front of me that I have. And, uh, you know, I will say too, though, that it's not like these opportunities just fell into my lap. These opportunities that I've gotten, I've kind of created for myself. So if you're listening, if you're watching and you're having a hard time, you know, my advice to you is this, as long as you stay whether it's in your mental illness or in your addiction, especially, you know, if you want to continue to blame other people uh, or blame your circumstances, nothing will change. If you want to make excuses, if you want to continue to lie um, and, and you want to let that little devil sitting on your shoulder to constantly be chirping in your ear and say, just give in, you know, you're not worth it. You're, you know, I need drugs or I need that drink or, you know, I need to go gamble, whatever it is, you know, as long as you continue to give that voice any sort of power, you know, nothing much will change. You know, it takes brutal, vigorous honesty and a lot of work. But I'm here to tell you guys that it is worth it. It's not easy. It does not happen overnight. That is for damn sure. I still have very 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 hard days but it is all worth it gifts do literally fall from the sky and they continue to happen time and time again but it does not happen instantaneously so do not give up on yourselves give yourselves a chance give yourselves a chance if you have a loved one that's struggling don't give up on them but at the end of the day, you, you may have to give them some tough love. But at the, we all know it, it comes down to the individual. I learned that the hard way a few weeks ago. And I felt like my dad looking at me with no answers, no hope. And, uh, you know, I, it gave me a new appreciation for what it's like to be on the other side of addiction. I'll tell you that. And, uh, more than anything, it made me realize that I never, ever want to go back there. So if you're struggling, do whatever you have to do to get the help that you need. And maybe more importantly, the help that you deserve because you deserve it. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, you deserve it. We're going to leave you with a couple of sponsors. I didn't get to them earlier. Shout out to the, all, everybody at Pride Tape and of course, James Gardner. At First Star Therapy, Matthew Arnane, check them out, guys. 
We're going to be back Wednesday. I'm not entirely sure who's going to be joining me, but I can tell you that on May 2nd, Tara Sloan from Hockey Night Canada will be joining the show. So I'm excited about that. Thank you to Bobo Carton Bay for joining Hockey to Hell and Back. Keep up the good work, Bobo. You're changing the world. Hello to my kids, Brooklyn and Brody. I love you. All my family out there on the West Coast, I love you. I miss you. Just know I guess I'll see you next spring for sure when I rollerblade across Canada. Be kind. Be grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to Aubrey at PrideTape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at MindFrame on Twitter plus MindFrame Fit on Instagram.